Hey, 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 it's your man, Uncle Dub. It's time for episode 84 of the Sports Wagon Podcast. How's everyone doing? Good Saturday to you all. Um, so let's start in the association with the NBA playoffs. Uh, last night, game two of the Eastern Conference Finals, um, complete domination by the Milwaukee Bucks, 125-91 over the Atlanta Hawks. So the series is now tied at one apiece. Um, Trey Young had a very human night uh, considering the numbers he has been putting down lately. So um, Milwaukee stepped up the defensive intensity. So they were, um, you know, switching one through four. They were really focused on containing him. Um, you know, Trey Young in his post-game post press conference said, you know, this loss is on me. Um, but nevertheless, 15 points for Trey Young. Giannis Agatumpo, 25 points for Milwaukee. So game three will be Sunday night. In Atlanta, eight thirty on TNT. So, um, I, I think I believe I, I. I love when I give a prediction and then I go. I think I said that right. And I think you know actually I don't know if I predicted this series. I probably did, but I remember recently was asked on Twitter what I thought about the series, and I said four three uh, Milwaukee. So um, I don't know. We'll see. Um, <laughs> um, Western Conference Final, uh, game four tonight, ESPN, 9 p.m. Phoenix leads two games to one. Now, I think I remember saying this one was going to go six games, and I had Phoenix winning. So, uh, so far, so good. So, we'll see how it goes. Um, I feel like my Western Conference pick from a game standpoint looks correct, and I still feel good about Phoenix winning this. Although the Clippers, I mean, look, look, they won game three the other night, and Listen to this. This is their third that that win. That was their third straight game three win in the playoffs. Now again, it is that a good thing? I've talked about this idea of you know is it good that the Clippers are this? Hey, we're down 2-0. Let's get our act together. Eventually, it's going to run out on you. I don't think that is the best way to play. A series. I mean, if you fall down a game, cool. If it's two one, if it's back and forth, but you fall down two games, and then all of a sudden, all the lights turn on, the bells start ringing, and you wake up. Mm. But nevertheless, we'll see how it, how it goes down uh, from that standpoint. Um, switching over to kind of some NBA news, uh, the Boston Celtics are going to hire Emi Udoka as their head coach, so he's going to replace Brad Stevens. Uh, as we know, who moved up to replace Danny Ainge as the uh, vice president of basketball operations and general manager. Um, Udoka will be the third coach of the Celtics in a 17-year time span. So congratulations with him, uh, to him, rather. Um, let's see. His background, he played for the Lakers. He played for the Blazers, uh, the Kings, the Knicks, and the Spurs during his career. Uh, he was assistant in San Antonio, uh, in Philly. He's currently, well, before hire, being hired by the Celtics, assistant in Brooklyn. Um, he was highly recommended by three uh, Celtic stars, so Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Marcus Smart. Um, they all played for him uh, in the 2019 FIBA World Cup, where he was the head coach. Um, so congratulations to him. Uh you know, it's gonna be. I don't think he's been introduced officially yet. I know the Boston Globe did a couple articles on him, talking about you know kind of the kind of person he is and the excitement that was the, the buzz around him after he uh, was hired. Um, I think um, you know Twitter's funny because I always 
have to bring up social media because especially when there's either a good opinion, a crappy opinion, or even something funny. But um, when the talk was starting about him being hired, people were like, well, you all know that he dates Nia Long. So people were going. So that would be one good reason to bring him to Boston. And then they people were doing all these gifts and memes about like how the players are going to act with her sitting uh, courtside. Uh, go look it up. It's there. I, I, I can't do it justice describing it, but they're pretty damn funny. Um, let's see. Rick Carlisle. We all know he uh, resigned in Dallas. He is now the head coach of the Indiana Pacers for the second time. Um, per sources, he signed a $29 million contract. Um, he is the fourth winning this coach in Pacers history at 181 and 147. As we all know, he won a championship with, um, with Dallas and he won 555 games and lost 478 as the head coach of the Mavericks. Um, speaking of that championship team, one of the key pieces of that team, Jason Kidd, is will become the new head coach. So um, when the news broke that Rick Carlisle was taking the Indiana job, uh, the talk was that Jason Kidd was in talks to take the job, and Rick Carlisle highly recommended him. He said, look, you know, Jason Kidd, you know, I'm, I'm you know, thumbs up for that pick by Dallas. Um, let's see, Kidd. Um, interesting pick. Um, his, his coaching record, I wouldn't say it's horrific, but it's not fantastic either was he's what 183 and 190 so he's a shade below 500 as a regular in the regular season and in the playoffs he has a winning percentage of 30 percent so I had to think about it two ways initially when I heard the news I'm going okay so we're gonna do the retread thing you know, I, I'm, I'm not crazy about re, you know, rehiring coaches, the, the coaching retread. Not crazy about that. But and then I looked at his record. Then the next thing I'm thinking to myself, OK, he spent all this time in L.A. He's been assistant coaching, you know, plus, you know, Dallas, you know, they've got a team. You know, they're looking to, you know, to retool some things, keep people around, you know, Luca, for example. And so with that said, you know, there's a good chance that Jason Kidd could, you know, step in at Dallas and do a pretty good job. But again, we don't know until we know. So we'll see how all that falls out um, once, you know, the season starts over. Then um, um, I think we'll be back to a, quote, regular season uh, next year. Um, let's go over to WNBA. WNBA last night won game. It was a Commissioner's Cup game. Uh, Las Vegas and Minnesota. So the Minnesota Lynx uh, win, I believe that should be a 90 to 89 score. I think I misread the score. Anyway, I think it's 90 to 89 or 90. I have 90 to 80. Um, Sylvia Fowles, 30 points, 14 rebounds for the Lynx. Asia Wilson, uh, 28 points and 14 rebounds for the Aces. On the Saturday schedule, DC visits Dallas. New York visits Atlanta for a Commissioner's Cup game. Sunday, Chicago at Connecticut, Seattle at Las Vegas, Commissioner's Cup game, and Los Angeles at Phoenix for yet another Commissioner's Cup game. So Commissioner's Cup will, uh, I, I typically try to update the Commissioner's Cup stuff on Monday. So on Monday show or Tuesday, whenever I drop this episode, because I thought I was going to drop this episode yesterday, but, eh, you know, stuff happens. 
Um, I'll try to update the Commissioner's Cup standings because I think they will be playing for Commissioner's Cup very soon with the Olympic break and coming up. So, and then they're also going to, WNBA is also going to do um, something different format wise with the All-Star game. I think it's going to be a Team USA versus a Team WNBA type um, All-Star game. So essentially, also, so if you get elected as an all-star and you're on Team USA, you'll be on that squad. If you're elected as an all-star game, all-star participant, but you're not on the US Team USA, then you will be on the WNBA side. So it's going to be a nice, interesting, um, you know, shake up, uh, shaking up the bag, if you will, of um, how they're going to do the all-star game for um, for WNBA. Um, we do need to talk. Olympic basketball for the men. So they have announced the roster. I'll get back to that in just a moment. Um, I do want to break quickly into some college news. So the College World Series. So we've got four teams that were eliminated through play. And and, and, and I say that and you go, wait, so someone wasn't eliminated through play? Yes, this just happened last night. So Arizona, Tennessee, Stanford, Virginia were all eliminated. Um, Vanderbilt and NC State played yesterday. Vanderbilt won the game three to one, which forced an elimination game today. But uh, probably in the middle of the night, about 2 a.m., NC State was sent home. So they played Vanderbilt shorthanded. They had a number of players out due to COVID. And because of that, um, NC State was sent home. So Vanderbilt, the defending champs, who basically needed one more game to either get to the championship game or go home, they are pushed towards the uh, championship bracket, which starts on Monday, and they await the winner of Mississippi State and Texas. Texas, with one loss, beat Mississippi State 8-5 to five, uh, yesterday evening. So they will play an elimination game tonight, so winner take all. Loser goes home, winner plays Vanderbilt for the national championship, and that's a best-of-three series that starts on Monday. So it's been a while since we have said that a team has gone home due to COVID protocols. And I want to say, you know, looking at the NCAA championships that have gone off in the last few months, um, you know, I don't – I'm trying to think. I feel like – that has happened fairly recently, but it's something that we're saying less of. Now, what does that mean? It kind of means in some respects that things are getting better. But the thing I keep saying to you is that, you know, we're still in a pandemic. You know, um, you know, I've been, you know, I've been, you know, out to the golf course. You know, I, you know, I still go out. I'm still wearing my mask. Um you know, I see people just out congregating. I think I was going somewhere one day and I, I think I was going to a hardware store and I cut through this neighborhood to get to this hardware store and I look down one of these residential streets and the street's blocked off. I'm thinking, oh, maybe they're doing work, but people are having a block party. It's like, okay, guys, I get it. Outside is open again, but we have to be judicious about this for that reason that you've got a, a group of players playing a baseball game who some of them have COVID. Um, there's the Delta variant, which I talked about um, on the last, at the end of the last show. So, I mean, we're not out of this thing yet by any means. So if anyone says to you that we are post pandemic, nah, not even close. This thing is, it's getting there. I think we can see the light at the end of the tunnel, but 
don't be fooled because the light at the end of the tunnel may be the light of day or it could be another train coming to hit you. So be vigilant, be judicious about this because as we see, this is effectively ended the season of a team that was really making a a a run that an unprecedented run for that for their program but then there's another piece to this that their coach um i believe his name is elliot avent if i remember correctly um he was kind of i don't want to say uh he he was kind of avoiding some of the questions about well are your players vaccinated or did we did you have a conversation with them about being vaccinated or you know protocols and and, you know, he was kind of the, you know, I just want to talk baseball. I don't want to talk politics. And I'm going, oh, sounds like you're one of them. You know what I mean? It's just like, okay, dude, they asked a simple question. Now, he could have just said, look, I just, my, my, you know, my players just, you know, I, I said, you know, here's what we need to do. You make your decision. He could have just said that. But, you know, to kind of, again, to kind of say, oh, well, I don't want to talk about politics. So, basically, getting vaccinated, protecting yourself, and saving lives is politics. Well, again, that kind of tells you everything you need to know about that situation. Um, let's move over to tennis. Uh, the Wimbledon draw was released yesterday. So before I get to the top four seeds and some other names here, um, some news. So last episode, I mentioned uh, defending champion Simona she withdrew from a number of uh, tune-up tournaments due to a calf injury, so she ended up withdrawing from the tournament. So I guess her injury was nagging enough that she cannot uh, defend her title, so that's unfortunate. So as we will see, there's going to be um, a new quote-unquote woman and champion. It's just going to be a question of who. We know that Naomi Osaka will not be participating uh, on the men's side, we know Rafael Nadal is out. Uh, Dominic Team he he withdraws. He has a wrist injury, so we're gonna lack a few big names uh, at Wimbledon. But it should still be an interesting tournament. You know, Serena Williams will be in it. She's again on that quest to tie the record of Margaret Court, uh, so she's gonna be the sixth seed in the women's draw. Uh, the top four men seeds: Novak Djokovic. Daniel Medvedev, Stefanos Tsitsipas, I hope I said that right, and Alexander Zverev. Those are your top four men's seeds. Your top four women's seeds, Ash Barty, uh, Arna Sabalenka, Elena Svitolina, and Sofia Kennan. And as I mentioned, Serena Williams is sixth on the men's side. Roger Federer is the sixth seed as well. So your big names, your former champions of note are both six seeds in their respective uh, size of the draw. Um, let's go back to Olympics here. So Team USA Men's Basketball announced their roster. So here we go. So being led by Kevin Durant and Draymond Green, who were both teammates on the 2016, 2016 team. Uh, Durant, two-time gold medalist. Um, for the first time, you have Damian Lillard, Bradley Beal, Bam Adebayo, Jason Tatum, Kevin Love from the 2012 team. Uh, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, and Devin Booker. They have committed. Now, as we know, they are all still in the playoffs. So if they remain in the playoffs, they are going to have a, a short window of time to finish the playoffs, get to training camp, and get ready for the Olympics. 
also on the team, Jeremy Grant and Zach Levine. Um, James Harden withdrew due to his injury, so James Harden was expected to be on the team, but he will not. Uh, training camp will start the 4th of July in Las Vegas. And prior to leaving for Tokyo, the team will play four exhibition games. So congratulations to the members of the team USA uh, basketball, men's team USA basketball uh, for this year's Olympics in Tokyo. All right. So last piece here. So a fairly short show. Um, lately, um, this about Major League Baseball. And as you know, I don't talk a lot of baseball, not because I don't want to, but as we said, you know, it's not a whole lot to report. Games are being played. Teams are winning. Teams are losing. There's going to be some teams doing more winning, some teams doing more losing. And Rob Manfred, the commissioner of Major League Baseball, announced a crackdown on on uh, on unauthorized blah, 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 tongue-tied. Uh, a crackdown on unauthorized grip substances last week. So essentially pitchers are being checked for substances and there's been a number of incidents um one notably um uh, joe girardi the manager of the phillies asked that max scherzer from the nationals be checked and they engaged in a stare down um there's a pitcher from oakland who basically got so tired of being checked that he just dropped trial right there on the field like i don't have anything on me and my whole thing is this major league baseball let's do this do or don't do there's no try because this problem of grip substances this isn't something that started like five years ago this isn't something that started 10 years ago hell i've been watching baseball or you know watch baseball for a good chunk of my life you still follow it this thing this pitcher problem has probably been going on probably longer than I've been alive and I've been alive for quite a while. And my whole thing is this issue of checking pitchers is a cyclical problem. You know, you go through these cycles of, okay, pitchers are doing crazy stuff. You might get one or two here or there. Then there's this, you know, this anecdotal, Oh, you know, the ball is doing crazy stuff and guys can't hit this particular pitcher. And then, you know, there's these little, there's the whispers of, you know, I think, X is doing these things and so then people start really paying attention to this particular pitcher and then maybe they get busted maybe they don't but then all of a sudden the problem just goes away like no one's really paying attention to it um so my whole thing with major league baseball is you know change the culture like stay on top of this don't be we're going to check for a short time and then we'll stop checking be consistent if you don't want this to be a problem be consistent actually do something to deal with the issue and, and and really this is really across a lot of things in baseball because you know we had the steroid era and of course you know were we ever able to really really prove it mm, i mean we knew but did we do anything about it not really and it's kind of like so baseball wonders why they have this issue of no one's really watching, no one's really participating. You know, you, you're seeing a slight drop off in a lot of the, you know, American kids who like baseball. I mean, because baseball, it's not that baseball isn't fun. It's just that the way that they teach the rules of baseball 
like not just the game rules. I'm not talking about playing the game. Nothing's changed about playing the game, but the you know these old school rules. You know that certain things you don't do. Like I know what with a couple of seasons ago, what what Fernando Tatis hit that was a three zero ball. That oh you don't do that. Who cares? I mean he's playing the game. That's why, you know I, I the Padres are fun to watch. I like Fernando Tatis Jr. Because he's playing the game. I mean, you play the game the way the game is meant to be played. I, I get that there are, in sports, you know, certain things you don't do. But to me, I feel like baseball, the way that they, you know, the things you don't do in baseball are so arcane or so ridiculous that they still link to the things happening on the field. And, you know, it's just like no one's, no one's paying attention to that. What people are paying attention to is the actual play on the field. And for me... I say, again, baseball, if you want pitchers to not do these awful things, be consistent in your rules. Check, check, check. Now, I will agree with this. Many of the pitchers have asked this, and I believe there's a committee that is looking into this problem, and they said, listen, can we stop the in-game check? So you're going to stop a game that's already too damn long to check for, oh, I got these illegal substances on me. They said, let's stop the in-game checks for that reason, number one. And secondly, um, it's kind of embarrassing, you know, <laughs> because especially, you know, if you're accusing somebody who, okay, this guy's got good stuff. He's throwing velocities up. He's throwing the balls moving. He's doing all, he's doing his thing. And someone says, oh, I think he's got something. And you check them and they're like, what are you talking about? My pitches are just working. I don't need to use anything. So they're saying stop the in-game checks, do off-field checks. So have monitors in the clubhouse, in the dugout, in the bullpen to ensure that guys are doing the right thing. So I agree with that. Do that. And then, again, be consistent. Just don't decide, well, nobody's doing anything and we're going to stop it. Someone's always going to do something, but you just need to be consistent or kind of do it like a drug test. Okay. You'll say, okay, game one, we're going to check everybody, okay? Game, then you don't know when they're going to come back. You'll say, okay, you might, you know, drop your guard. Game 27, hey, we're here to check. Oh, you know, then everybody's, so then everyone's, you know, on edge or somebody gets caught. So don't check every game. You know, check every now and then. You know, you don't see, I mean, unless you live in a place where people drive like idiots, you don't see a, a traffic cop out on the corner in this particular place every day. I mean, no, they'll show up one day. You'll get a little, Ooh, okay, let me slow down. And then you might not see them for a while. And then, you know, the next time you see them, Oh, let me slow down. So they're there to kind of keep you in check. And then for the playoffs, you know, again, maybe you show up, maybe game one, of the playoffs. And then if it's a four game, you know, seven game series, you know, okay, we're going to, you know, game, five okay you show up game five hey what's up oh 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 or as needed because if things look a little you know suspicious then you start doing some checks so you've got reasoning to be consistent to kind of do it in a way where players aren't waiting for it every day and you kind of potentially can catch someone off guard if they're doing something illegal that's what i think but this whole well we're trying to you know maintain the integrity of the game well Rob Manfred, I hate to tell you, bro, but you let the Houston Astros keep their tight out. They cheated. The integrity of the game is pretty much in the toilet at this point. So if you're really trying to make a statement, my whole statement is a all field checks periodically 
do it consistently and you maybe actually might get baseball to a point to where some integrity can be restored can be restored some the whole the integrity of the game as a whole eh, i'm not buying it don't see it happening because you know this has just been uh, again between that between you know stealing signs i mean it, it and and look these sorts of things happen in other sports but i think it's a lot more difficult in some respects but in baseball there's been so much scandal in so many ways to try to win that it's like there needs to be better checks better control within the game in order to kind of get the stuff out of the game in order to kind of restore some fan faith in the game and maybe somebody needs to come in and try to say okay you know these quote old school rules let's get rid of that let's just play the game and we can go from there all right ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for listening to episode 84 i was gonna keep checking my notes because that was that one time i messed up the show order but i got caught it and you you go back to i think it's episode 64 or somewhere in there, one of the episodes I said, oh, this is the wrong, I misnumbered it and I've caught myself. But this is episode 84, so thank you for uh, listening today. Also, I also want to you know, give a shout out to uh, my, my guest, Eric Kelly, from uh, this previous week's Wednesday, Wednesday Conversation. Thank you so much for being on the show. We'll definitely be having him back. If you didn't listen to the show, please, please listen. Um, the, so far, the show has gotten a lot of listens. I've gotten some great comments, so want to give a shout out to uh, Lori Mergler. Thank you for the email. Um, really appreciate the kind words. I'm glad you enjoyed the show. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's you know, again, the show is, you know, about the Superfan series or it is the beginning of the Superfan series. I hope you will tune in. Um, you know, email me if you have comments. Uh, if you're interested in about inter- interested blah 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 in being a super fan, it is super early. <laughs> so, part of my tongue ties. It tends to be one of those morning things in the evening. I guess my brain has already been awake long enough for me to figure all this out. But if you're interested in being a super fan, the email is in the show notes. Uh, send me an email, um, and we'll we'll talk, and I'll get back to you. Um, hopefully as soon as I can, I'm hoping to take a hiatus soon. I want to do a couple more Wednesday conversations, uh, and then take a little short break before, uh, we get back into, um, the college football, uh, cycle, start talking college basketball as they begin. And then of course, NFL will be, uh, right there with, um, college football. But, um, but like I said, please listen to, uh, episode 83 if you haven't. And I thank you for thank all of you who've listened. And if you listened, you enjoyed it, please share it. Please like it, rate the show, rate the podcast. And I greatly appreciate that. So until I see you again, thank you for listening. Uh, make sure that you are continuing to protect yourself. As I said, the light is at the end of the tunnel. We're almost there, but we still got a little ways to go. Protect yourself. Do your research. Do your homework. Um, if you haven't got vaccinated, please, you know, you know, there's good information out there. Please, you know, do your homework. You know, I'd rather you be educated about it. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, 
you know, make an educated decision whether that is for you. Um, get vaccinated, drink your water, and mind the business that pays you. Peace. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Sports Wagon Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, rate, review, and tell a friend about the show. You can also send me a voicemail or send me a message on Twitter or Instagram at It's Uncle Dub. That's I-T-S-U-N-C-L-E underscore D-U-B. Also, please consider supporting the podcast at buymeacoffee.com backslash sports wagon pod. I really appreciate your support. Thank you.